Rebel Author Podcast, where we talk about books, business, and occasionally bad words. Hello, Rebels, and welcome to episode 215 of the Rebel Author Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Orna Ross, and we're going to be talking all about planning your 2024 as a self-publisher. But first to last week's question, which was, what do you do for fun that isn't reading, writing, or work? Ian Worrell, author, said, I go to the gym. I'm currently on the eight weeks to seal fit program. Going to start doing rucking while on walks, which is carrying a weighted backpack. Going to learn my djembe and the flute. I don't know how to pronounce that word. I've never heard of that word. Maybe you can tell me what that is. Uh, Author Lena M. Johnson says, I started taking a dance class a few months ago. It provides another type of creative creative outlet, gets me out of the house and allows me to interact with real, i.e. non-fictional people. And I'm actually kind of good at it. Liz Lincoln said, I do embroidery. (laughs) Stabbing something repeatedly is very cathartic. Instead of prison, I get a pretty picture when I'm done. I love that. Lovis said, I do puzzles. Recently, I spent my Sundays completing a puzzle. It'll take me 12 hours and it is glorious for my intellection time. Just doing small things lets my mind filter through all the things. Disclaimer, sometimes I do listen to audiobooks, but other times I have a film on in the background or just music. This week's question is, who or what is inspiring or motivating you at the moment? Now, the book recommendation of the week is a book I never in a million years expected to uh, be (laughs) promoting, but it is The Lies of Locke Lamora by Scott Lynch. I read this, we did a surprise class for uh, one of the patrons' 40th birthdays, and so uh, it was a bit of an on-running joke in in the Patreon Slack community uh, about me never reading this book. Anyway, I did read the book, and it was reasonably good I'm gonna say there was one particular scene and this is the reason that I'm recommending the book so this book is sort of a Robin Hood retelling it's kind of epic fantasy quite grim dark grim grim dark in its sort of tone but the reason I'm recommending this book is because it has a friendship meet cute which is an entire scene that follows the picture perfect textbook romance storyline but between friends and it is just so fantastic I think it's like it's one chapter one scene and you can just deconstruct the hell out of that and get so many good tips and tools from that so yeah I'm really recommending that you go and read this book So in personal news and updates, it is the 2nd of November, Thursday the 2nd of November, as I record this, and I am getting on the plane on Saturday to Vegas, and I am a frothy fucking concoction of emotions. Oh my goodness me. Today is like my last working day. I just can't focus on anything else. I should be writing. I was meant to get like, I was meant to break 30k on the new manuscript today. And not today, but this week. Like I've broken 10. I just, my focus is completely shot to shit. Uh, I have been practicing the keynote I have done my other classes and honestly I just can't focus on anything else. It is like this giant looming thing in front of me and um, 
I, for the first time, performed the keynote in front of a friend, a dear friend yesterday, and I'm super grateful because they have a lovely expressive face and like my yellow strengths really need that visual feedback. And so that has given me a bit of a confidence boost because I'm gonna tell you, I will be honest, I have been shitting my pants, very, very large shitting my pants over this. I don't know if that was clear <laughs> in any of the other episodes, but, uh, Yes, big, big poops, <laughs> nervous ones. <laughs> oh, metaphorical, metaphorically nervous. Like, look at me, I'm blabbering. This is, you can tell I'm nervous. I'm just fucking wittering on about nothing because I'm so anxious and nervous. And like, here's the other thing. I don't cope well <laughs> with people. I am, I am one of these strange hybrid hybrid creatures that because I have so many yellow strengths I can do peopling really well like the best with the best of the extroverts I really can but it is fucking expensive for me to do that like it is so energetically expensive and I am <laughs> nervous and concerned about how fucked I'm going to be afterwards because in April, I went to Seville, the 20 Books Seville conference, and then I went to London Book Fair a few days later, and I, I was a complete mess. And I had a couple of days, a few days between them, and yeah, I was still a bit of a mess. So uh, the fact that this is like eight long days, oh my God, I'm just so anxious and nervous and it's all the people. There's so many people. This is more people than I've seen in five years <laughs> all at once in one go. So yeah, I I just, I am, it's, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> intro is such a clusterfuck I'm so sorry I didn't I didn't plan it to be this way I've just I'm starting to talk about it and because today is like my last working day I'm finishing off podcast interviews podcast episodes so next week's episode won't have a normal intro Ah, uh, I think the reality is kicking in of, of what is about to happen. And um, I am also excited. Like, there's a rebel meet. I'm super, super excited to meet everybody. And in fact, by the time this goes out, I will have already met everybody. Oh my goodness me! And I'll have done the keynote. And, and as this goes out, I will be teaching um, at Vegas because this will go out on Wednesday and that's the day that I'm doing my two classes. So holy fuck, that is surreal to think about that. So yeah, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I haven't really been able to do an awful lot else other than get myself sorted for Vegas. I've half packed, I need to finish packing um, later on today. So yeah, I think that I'm gonna stop wittering on because there's not really a lot that I can update you on. I've managed to write 10K, which is, is poor effort on my behalf, but you know, I'm glad I got some words, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I won't uh, get back to the desk really now, probably until the 15th. I get home on the 12th, but uh, I think I'm probably gonna be jet lagged and uh, people lagged for a few days. So yeah, that's my, um, and that's my intro. Okay, Rebel of the Week this week is Helen. Helen says, my friend and I took a trip to Rome. We visited all the top sites, marvelling at the Vatican, the Colosseum and the Pantheon. It, it's a beautiful and fasc fascinating city. On our last morning, we headed to the famous Tre Trevi? 
fountain, I don't know if I've pronounced that, I've probably butchered that, where tradition says if you throw a coin into the water, you're destined to return to Rome. When we got there, the fountain was just as spectacular as you'd imagined, but it was surrounded by a metal barrier. Disappointed, we edged our way to the front of the crowd. We got chatting to the couple standing next to us and took pictures for each of each other. One of them said something about wanting to throw a coin in. The four of us looked at each other. We looked at the water. We could make it from there. I found some small change and we counted out down from three, releasing our coins into the air and towards the fountain. We held our breath. Our coins splashed into the water at the same time and the four of us cheered. The people standing near us applauded. The police station at station the police stationed at the end of the barrier pretended not to notice we separated to enjoy the rest of our holidays knowing that one day we'll go back and who knows maybe we'll see each other there ah i love this rebellion this brings me so much joy it's like a cheeky naughty one and i love that the police were standing right there too i think that's hilarious if you would like to be a rebel of the week, please do send in your story. It can be any kind of rebellion, something big, something small, or something in between. You can email your rebel story to Becca over on rebelauthorpodcast at gmail.com. We have an enormous welcome this week. This is quite the delightful surprise. So welcome and a huge thank you to iHeart Sapphic, uh, Kiz Moncrief, the Blumenkrantz twins, Lynn... Uh, Leela Hughes, Brooke T. Carr. What an enormous welcome. Thank you so, so much for joining me. Of course, an enormous thank you to all of my existing patrons as well. If you would like to support the show and get early access to all of the episodes, as well as bonus content like our Poison and Prose sessions, access to the community Slack group, the movie nights, the rebel masterclasses, where we deconstruct and read books together and take all the tools so that we can improve our writing, then you can from as little as $2 a month by visiting patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black. That's it from me this week. Let's get on with the episode. Hello and welcome to the Rebel Author Podcast. Today, I am joined by Orna Ross, returning superstar Orna Ross. Orna is an Irish novelist and poet and founder and director of the Alliance of Independent Authors. Hello and welcome. Hello, Sasha. How are you? Oh, I'm wonderful now that you're back on the show. And can you believe that you were last on the show in April 2021? I can't believe that it's... This is so long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what I normally do is I ask people to tell um, tell listeners a little bit about their journey and and kind of where they've come from. But you've already done that on episode twenty uh, episode. Well, I don't know what it was, but it was oh eighty one episode eighty one back in April twenty twenty one. So what would be a better way to start this podcast then is to talk about what you've been doing, like what's your journey been since April twenty twenty one, and kind of where have you where have you been going and where are you going. It's so interesting that it was April 81 because, or 81, <laughs> 21. <laughs> Sorry, losing a few years there. Um, it's so interesting it was that month because I actually moved town. I moved out of London and that month and oh, I wow. didn't realise that was when it was. Yeah, so life has really been quite different um, for me then. Obviously, I'm just a stone's throw from London and there all the time, but um, now living this little seaside town down on the south coast of England and um, I began the journey back at that time when you know when I moved down here I had been primarily an novelist up to about 2012 and I had you know released some fiction and everything in the early in my self-publishing um, business and then Ally kind of took over 
and I found writing fiction was too challenging. I wasn't able to really get on top. I kept kept writing, but writing it enough and getting to the end of things and getting it up and getting it out there um, wasn't really happening. And I suppose then in by 2021, we, had, we were post-COVID as well. We were just coming out of COVID um, or the lockdowns, I should say. And so I I had the ally had matured enough to have a team, um, including your fair self and other people working there. And so that was when I began the journey back to becoming a novelist. So that's worked well. And I've done a lot of writing and will be starting my, you know, publishing fiction again next year. So, yes, it's great. And uh, finishing off a lot of nonfiction uh, we did a lot of updates on Ally Books this year and a couple of new ones. And um, also poetry books has been my thing over the last number of years. So since 2021, it's been head down and nonfiction, mostly nonfiction updates. Um, my last round, I think, of Ally um, guidebook updates, the next updates will be done by somebody else. Oh, very exciting. And so we are talking about one particular non-fiction book, which is the creative self-publishing book, which is kind of a tome that you have written about all aspects of um, self-publishing. And I wanted to start, there's a quote at the beginning of your planning section that says, I just had a free writing notebook and a to-do list. As a self-publisher, it wasn't enough. I, I, I now had too many different kinds of tasks writing on different kinds of skills. I'd go to sleep ticking my tasks off my list and wake up remembering something I'd forgotten. That is literally me. So, <laughs> that is literally I, every indie author who doesn't do the creative planning system. Oh my God. So there's a bit of an on-running joke between me and my wife. Um, every time... <laughs> Every time we get in the car, she says I pin her and lock her in the car because then I just start spouting my to-do list at her. <laughs> and it's true. And like, since she pointed it out, I've had to actually like physically stop myself because when we get in the car, obviously I can't do anything. I, I, you know, cause I get car sick, so I can't be on my phone. So I'm just sat there and my brain just starts to like meander. And then I'm like, oh, I need to do this, I need to do this. And she's like, stop it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I definitely feel like I have an endless to-do list and that I, you know, wake up panicking in a sweat about things that I have or haven't done. So like, what am I getting wrong? <laughs> um, well, I don't know what you, yeah. what it is to do, I can't say. And that, that is the, the whole thing about the, the creative planning system. So essentially what we're talking about here today is, um, I'll just say what happened to me. I had the to-do list and it had always done me fine until all those things started to happen and there was just so much more work. So I started to look for every kind of time management, as they call it, and planning system and blah, 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 to try and make things work. And I found that, uh, number one, a lot of what people call planning plan, planning and planners are not. They're just calendars or, you know, fancy calendars or calendars with stickers or, you know. <laughs> How dare you be so pen- accurate? <laughs> <laughs> colored pencils and, and, and a calendar, you know. So for me, a planning system was all about, I mean, I wanted you know, I knew what I want, where I wanted to be. 
and this system should support me. It should help me. It should make me feel good. It should it should be, you know, I should turn to my planner and feel <sighs> relaxation and this is a refuge rather than this is a big stick that's beating me across the back and I haven't, you know, I haven't done enough. So I kind of started there. I started doing my own um, and, you know, kind of where do I want to go? What do I want? And, and then working my way back and realize that you have to go all the way back if you're going to do a, a proper planning system for um as an indie author, because they're the two, we call them two parts. I split it into three, actually, maker, manager and marketer, marketeer. We can talk about that in a minute. But you've got to go back to what drives you, what fires you, you know, your passion, what you love to do and why you got into this in the first place. You have to keep that very live in yourself. Your planner should keep that you know, that energy live for you. And similarly, your mission, what it is you're trying to to achieve with your books, the kind of influence that you want to have. So your passion's about the impact you want to have and your mission's about the influence you want to have. And the two together give you your purpose. And so I found myself kind of working my way back and then realizing this is where you need to start periodically, not every day of the week, but periodically. And your planner should start there and then unfold into where you want to go and be realistic about the amount of time it takes to get there and the resources you're going to need to get there. And so I, I started making my own downloadable sheets, sending them off to um, my designer and saying, will you turn this in? Sending her scribbles, you know, that I had kind of doodled out and saying, will you turn this into a planner? And I started using them. Then People, you know, I start talking about them a little bit and people start asking me about them. And one of the questions that I do get asked a lot is how do you do all the things you do? Um, and so my answer has become creative planning. And Oh, um, so it's not like gin, no sleep and an excess of coffee. <laughs> I've been doing something wrong. <laughs> Used to be, but not any longer. <laughs> oh, this is amazing. So I feel... What happens if there's like a disconnect or not a disconnect, but like a, so we always talk about how niche you niche down to rich up. That's like the the kind of phrase, but what, what happens if you're not sure that the audience is big enough to, to reach your very lofty financial goals? Like, and then, yeah. So I'm just thinking about that kind of goal creation, vision, purpose, mission kind of brainstorm kind of free writing sort of yeah so I think the first thing to say is that the creative planner looks after you and what you have control of and to you have control of that that particular thing that you're talking about to some degree so you know very often readers don't know what they want until they get it and I really believe now having watched hundreds and thousands, hundreds and thousands, hundreds of thousands of authors in all sorts of different conditions, that if you really deeply want to write about something, there is somebody out there and there are enough somebody's out there across the world who really deeply want to read about it. And then it's about you finding them and you can grow that. I mean, you and I had a discussion last week that was highly amusing about a very niche <laughs> corner of the market. Um, you can create a market as well as, you know, you can drive that, but it needs to, it, sometimes it, these things will take off spontaneously and the planning system needs to be able to, to cope with that as well, but you feed that back in. 
but sometimes you can actually drive it and create it. So no matter what it is you want to achieve, what you've just said there is one example for somebody else it might be something complete, will be something completely different, but no matter what it is you want, you're here and what you want is there and there's a gap. Yeah. Yeah. And that gap has to be closed. And then it's about how you most, um, effectively I'm going to use the word effectively but it's a bit too hard for what I'm talking about because it's really most joyfully really close that gap so to me a good planning system is one that leaves you feeling very happy with yourself and one of the thing one of the reasons why a to-do list is I mean there are people listening for whom a to-do list is fine and they can work with us they are those magic, wonderful people. I don't know how they do it, but they're. if you're happy, if you're listening to this and you're happy with how you do things, that's great. You just do it that way. But I know that there are loads of people listening to this who are not happy with their progress. Well, and so this is a way to, to progress you um, in a way that suits indie authors. You know, it takes into account, it's devised especially for indie authors. So I get a lot of energy, like energy pennies from planning. Um, And I can tell you, I have tried every single planning system. Well, maybe not every single one, but I've tried a few. And I've got two planning books down here. And what I find is that it always results in a to-do list. (laughs) I can't seem to create a plan that isn't a to-do list. Like I'm like, oh, I want to do this. And then I just create a list of stuff that needs doing. Um, So maybe can you, you you mentioned the maker, manager and marketer, um, which is like the the pillars of your system so can you start but kind of by going into a bit more detail and explaining what those mean yeah so just briefly before i do that on the to-do list all planning will result will result in a list of tasks and, and things to be done so i'm not suggesting that you don't have tasks but what happens with this system is that it isn't just an endlessly growing list of tasks that no matter what you do you feel you haven't got anywhere because the task list is just as long now as it was, you know, since you've been flogging yourself to death for the last two weeks, two months, two years or whatever. Yeah, so infinite. The, the idea of the planning system is not that you won't have things to do. You will. Hopefully you will drop some some things. The things on your to-do list should be love to-dos. Now, you know, we don't love everything equally, but you should feel good and feel energized and be connected with the fact that you've chosen to do this work and so on. So breaking it down into maker, manager and marketeer was a milestone moment for me. I had always thought of it as because I came in, you know, as a writer and then I became a publisher, as we do as, as indie authors. Um, I always thought it was the writing, the publishing. And I had a bit of a breakthrough one day when I realized, hold on, it isn't two hats here. There are actually three. And the writing isn't the only maker task. And that was it kind of came out of that realization for us that, you know, crafting your newsletter, that's a maker task. It's not just when you're working on the book that you're in maker created zone, you know, and if you keep it that I'm creative when I'm writing and I'm what not creative when I'm publishing and then you're setting yourself up immediately for problems Um, or I'm not creative when I'm marketing is not ever going to result in good stuff. So um, maker is essentially 
makes whatever is being made. It might be a podcast. It might be an, an email newsletter. It might be your social media updates. But you bring your full crafting self to all of those things, not just to your book. Um, and, and, you know, that's maker mode. Manager is the one that a lot of, of authors feel quite negative about. Manager essentially looks after the uh, processes in your business and the processes in your writing and is always trying to make things easier for maker and marketeer. So looks after time, looks after money, looks after health, looks after self-care, looks after well-being, looks after ensuring that you stay connected to passion, mission, purpose, all of those things that you don't fill yourself up with a lot of busy work that doesn't get you anywhere. A manager also looks after ensuring that you get creative rest and creative play as well as doing your creative work. So, you know, manager, I think of manager as a, as a big Irish mammy. <laughs> um, and then marketeer is, and I say marketeer because that in, includes not just what we think of as book marketing, because that can be very confusing. You know, it does include that, you're, book design, your positioning, your placement, you know, all of those things, your your reader and what, you know, the right reader for your books and what they want from you, your value proposition, all of that is included. But essentially, you're a marketeer, you're selling. You want to sell a book and you want to sell a book at a profit. And that's what marketeer does. So it takes in sales and promotions as well as building your author platform and anything that essentially makes you or a book more well-known. That's the task of marketeer. So can you give a, a few more differentiations or some examples of the difference between maker and marketeer? Because there are a lot of things that you talked about in maker that I would have put in my marketing, like, because I do break my to-do list down by like podcast, marketing, meetings, you know, creation. That's what I call that section. Um, so what would what is a marketeer task that isn't a maker task? Marketeer is getting it out there. So, you know, you make the thing, but and then it has to actually go somewhere. And I think if if we if we put all the making stuff into the marketing bucket, the problem is we can be, have done a lot of stuff. We can have a lot of stuff there, but it hasn't necessarily reached anybody or it's just gone to the easiest possible outlet, which would be the existing email list or the existing um, the existing followers or whatever marketeer is always growing the reach so it's any activity that actually grows the reach so let's take pitching an influencer as an example maker will look after making the pitch and make it as creative or as funny or as appealing or as whatever as possible and then marketeer will actually sit down and work out how do i actually most effectively get this to that person that's the marketeer task and leaving enough energy for that actual reach out stuff um, is is why I like to keep the making part of the marketeer's task firmly in the in the maker bucket. Also, because I do think that if we call it marketing, sometimes we don't put as much of ourselves into it. We just want to get it done. We just want to get it done and out there, you know, and that's not the most effective way to reach people um that energy comes off in the actual communication doesn't it i know i think it's so interesting because i find there are different types of creation or maker activities that 
drain on me in at different levels. So for example, I can draft and I gain a lot of pennies from drafting and drafting quickly, but then you get to a certain point in the word count when they're not, you like kind of tip off the cliff and you're tired. But even having to draft like one social media caption, I'm drained by dra- by having to do that. So I think, yeah, like I find it really interesting that you've, and so I always put those in like my marketing box, but actually I'd never really thought about them in terms of um, putting them in a, in a maker box. So, I mean, how do we balance these three different hats? Like how much time should we be allocating to each? And like, does the, does the amount change over the course of our career? Well, I think it changes all the time. This is where it's, it's always a tricky balancing act. And that's why there is a monthly planner and a weekly and a daily, which kind of brings you through that. And it's going to be changing all the time. So the one thing is I'm a firm believer that all three should be there in a week. So you should be doing something on all three in a week. But some you are going to have weeks or maybe months where you're pressing down on one more than the other. I mean, if you look at the traditional sort of author thing, you know, you you lock yourself away, you do all your writing and then you come out and you do your book tour. But our lives are very different um, as indie authors. We need to mix these things up and awareness of marketeer tasks is very good for maker and vice versa. So keeping keeping that sort of those two live in each other is is a is a sensible thing to do. So marketing as you write is is even if you haven't yet got a book, even if you're just thinking about your book and you're you know you're lost in writing your book, you still can find things and ways begin that process of of reaching your target reader. And so I definitely believe that all three should be done each week, but the proportions will change from week to week. And they'll change from writer to writer. And as you said, they'll change across the course of your lifetime as a writer. But if the ba- they balance each other out in a, in a way which gives you an awful lot more energy than if you go he- very heavily into one side, as you said, then you come out and you're too tired to do any of the rest. So that's why planning it in. So I always find in the last couple of months of the year, and it's always before December, I want to start planning 2024 or not 2024, but the next year. So where should I start? Like, what should I be asking myself? How should I approach planning 2024 if I want to do it differently this time? Um, well, the question is, do you, you know, first of all, you may not, you're, you, you get a lot done. You're happy with your work. And I do, you know, but I so. want to be more strategic. I want to focus on income growth. I want to focus on, um, being like, not just producing more books, which I do want to produce more books next year than I've produced in any other year. Cause I average three and I should be able to do more next year. Um, So, yeah, I suppose I want to do more books, but I also want to grow the income, which means necessarily I will have to do certain other tasks more than I necessarily do now. Yeah. So it begins with that sentence you keep saying, I want, I want, I want, I want. Oh, I want everything, everything, the whole world. Yes. 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 (laughs) And then the planner will sit you down and you can't do everything. (laughs) all at once and that's the point of it because if you if everything is all up front here then you know the that's an energy drain that is actually you're straight away anxious 
because you can't do everything straight away. You can't do everything now. So how you begin is you begin at the end of the year. By the end of 2024, what do you want to have achieved? You will write that down. You will look at it. And then you begin to break it down and come back through Q4, Q3. So we do, we break it down into, when I did all those planning systems and marketing, uh, yes, um, sorry, time management things and everything, I took everything that was useful out of it that I found personally useful as an author and kept it. And one of the things that really surprised me that I kept um, was quarters. Big business uses quarters, small business use quarters. And honestly, quarters are fantastic because they they make things real. You can fool yourself about a year. It's harder to fool yourself about a quarter, but also a quarter is enough time to get something significant done. And you can energize yourself around a quarter in a way that you can't really energize yourself around a year or a week. You know, there's enough going on there. There's enough time for everybody to get their, you know, for marketeer, maker and manager to all do their thing and integrate together. So you begin at the end, you divide it into four, you divide those four into three, your three months, and then you divide that month again into four, your weeks. And then that gets divided into however many days of the week you work. I'm going to come in here to say that you should have at least one day where you don't work. <laughs> it's more effective in the end not to work seven days a week. It's you it's more productive and all the research shows that across every sector and ours is no different. The research in the writing um, world shows the same thing. So that's another job of the planner is to keep reminding you that you do need creative rest, that you do need creative play. And, you know, you write it down and you don't always do what you say you're going to do. But the very fact that you have to keep writing it down, there's only so many times you can write, write something to yourself and not take note. A lot, a lot of the research shows that just by the act of writing something down is immensely powerful as an intention. So, yeah, that's essentially how you do it. So you would take then each of the things that you said you wanted to do. You would allocate them to the three different hats and you would balance them out across the quarters first and then break it down. And hopefully you would find, yes, I can do what I said I wanted to do. But far more likely is actually some of that has to go into 2025. Um. Because one of the main things, and again, it's intensely creatively energizing to accomplish. So one of the main purposes of the planners is that at the end of a task or at the end of the week, <clears throat> we have a, a, a group in Patreon. I have planning patrons who follow this system. And um, one of the things we do is every Monday we set our intentions and every a week si week sized intentions for the week and then on Fridays we um, log our accomplishments and you know the doing of that shows you that very often you, you have accomplished a lot more than you realize you have especially if you're not noting accomplishments because the problem with the to-do list is it's only ever about what you have to do it's never about what you've done and it's never you know you just don't get a sense of accomplishment and a sense of accomplishment is actually, again, as I said, very energizing creatively. It unleashes creative energy, which you can then 
use to take into the next time period. So, yeah. Does that sound different to how you do things at the moment or similar? Uh, Somewhat similar. I think that I, um, so I definitely work forward rather than backwards. So I know how many books I want to do next year, but because I'm already in production, I can't work backwards. I have to work forwards from the point that I'm at. So I will then, and I know how many days it takes me to write. I know how many words I average per day. So I can then plot how many words I'll get. I leave an extra three days at the end. Um, and then, then I know how long it will take me to edit. I know how long it needs to be. So I can then literally like batch on the calendar going forward. And then if I can't do the amount of books that I want to do, well, I know that I won't be able to do it because I have the data on how long it takes me. So yeah. I, I sort of start with the intention of, I want to do this many. And then I plot forward through to the end of the year. And then the actual data tells me whether or not I can actually do what I want to do. Um, so yeah, and then I do it on a whiteboard. So I have like an annual calendar. You can just see the corner of it here. Um, yeah. And that um, and I do it on a whiteboard so that I can keep rubbing it out when I inevitably don't hit the dates that I'm meant to hit. Um, yeah, but um, I think what I do very well is I do an annual, like this is what I'm meant to do across the year. And then that does not translate necessarily down into what I'm supposed to do this quarter, what I'm supposed to do this month, what I'm supposed to do this week, because there's so many other things that get put on the to-do list. Like literally every week I have an A4 to-do list with two columns and that's that's the to-do list for the week. Um, and it is a lot smaller when I'm drafting. Like when I'm drafting that 10, I tend to get very good at just saying no to everything. Um, and then when I'm not drafting. And the funny thing is like, I tend to make plans at the, like, at the beginning of the year. And then I get to the end of the year and I'm like, ah, oh, what did I do with that plan? And then I look at it. And actually I have done about 70 or 80% of the things on the plan, which is good, but I'm very bad at like looking back and checking if I am doing the things that I was supposed to be doing. And I think that's one of the things that I'm kind of seeking or searching for is like that, that check-in or that like, correlation or acknowledgement of okay we have actually you know completed or we've done yeah I don't know like it's like today's a launch day for me I've launched the the last book in my first trilogy under Ruby Ray that's amazing (laughs) already I know I know wonderful congratulations thanks so yeah like this is how you're celebrating doing a podcast (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah I think it's like I I just need I need more um of that check-in and that I guess like sticking to the plan whereas I spend a lot of time not sticking to the plan or doing things that I don't necessarily want to do or didn't plan on doing and sometimes they're great and you want to do them and sometimes you don't but then I pack my year so full in terms of planning that the then something slips off that I had originally wanted to do in order to do something new. And like I say, like sometimes that's okay. And then sometimes at the end of the year, I'm pissed off because I haven't completed the thing that I really wanted to do before the year started. So yeah, I think think it's tricky, but I suppose on that, it's a great segue. Like how do we measure? How do we know? How do we keep ourselves on track with measurements? What should we be tracking? Are there certain things that Indies should track over others? Yeah. Talk to me about measurements. Yeah, definitely. So um, 
you'll have your own definition of what success looks like for you and everybody's going to be different. And so that's in there, but it will break down into one of four measures, which every indie author should track. So you've, you've spoken a lot about productivity there in terms of um, that's one measure. So number of work words written, number of books produced. That's easily trackable and measure, measurable. That's essentially your writing productivity and your publishing productivity. So that's that's one measure. Um, another measure is profit. So, you know, when you mentioned there, when I'm drafting, I'm good at saying no to things. And it may be that your planning isn't including some of the things that you need to do to ensure, for example, that you get a good return on your investments or to ensure that you're getting paid, you know, as well as everybody else is or whatever else needs to happen around money. You know, the idea of having the manager hat is that those things will actually be measured as well. So profit is definitely a good measure of of where you're you're going. Um, Pleasure is uh, promote promotion then is the other measure, you know, you're uh, measured in terms of your reach and your influence and your impact. And that can be engagement figures or it can be follower figures or it can be you know, a number of people who've signed up to your newsletter. You will have your measure, you, you know, which will be different for different people, depending on what kind of publisher you are and how you're how you're reaching out to your readers. But it needs to be trackable and measurable. And again, this, the, the planner brings you through this so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And then the fourth one um is really important as well. And that is your creative satisfaction. And that's a self measurement where you just kind of turn the gaze inwards and do a measurement one to 10. I call it the CHQ, your creative happiness quotient. Um, you know, how are you actually feeling about how things are going? And that's super important because it doesn't, you know, it's no good if you're getting the books written and you're getting the, the readers coming in and, you know, it's all going apparently and you're making money and you are, you actually have profit and you're taking home money and all of that. None of it's any good if you're not actually enjoying yourself. The whole thing is about that. And we can, because through busyness and, and the planner is all about getting rid of the busy work and doing the deeper work, not just in the writing, but also in every single aspect of of the business. So um, if you're not enjoying it, it's kind of crazy, really, because that's why we decided we were going to do this, because it was the thing we really, really, really wanted to do. And yet so often so many of us, you know, end up not feeling good, feeling either overwhelmed or burnt out is at the worst kind of end of that sometimes they're feeling stuck and unable to move forward and every kind of variation in between and it can be really painful that you know you can feel really quite despairing it's never going to work and it's not going to you know and all because your gaze is wrong how you're looking at it is wrong and I think that's that was the most important thing for me so Every day and every week now feels good, no matter how busy it might be. It doesn't mean that you have to feel overwhelmed. It doesn't mean that you have to feel um, harried or harassed. You stop pushing yourself. You know, that feeling of constant, nothing I do is good enough, drive, drive, push, push, the next thing, you know, you 
that dissolves a bit enough, not completely, probably, but enough for something else to come up, which is, again, very energizing. A lot of the habits of mind we have and self-talk that we have are very creatively draining. They leach us of energy. And I know you're you're big into that, the energy pennies concept, um, Becca's uh, way of thinking about it, which is really a really great way to observe these things in yourself. Uh, this is a different way. It's another way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know that um, I get more energy pennies from reading than watching TV, for example. I just know f- from how I feel after watching TV and how I feel after reading Uh, which is why I have to read a certain amount because, you know, it's almost the fastest guaranteed way for me to feel more energized is to just sit down and read for an hour. And then afterwards I'm like, oh, I'm ready ready to go. But anyway. Yes. Yeah. Great. How can we be better publishers in 2024? Um, Well, publishers sell books. So begin there, you know, recognize that, when you when you become a publisher, that is your job. Your job is to sell books at a profit so that everybody gets paid well and uh, as well as possible. Obviously, when you're just starting out, that's not going to be less possible. But as soon as possible, that everybody's paid as well as possible. Um, and that's what a publisher looks like. So beginning there, I think, is 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 a big step forward for a lot of indie authors who don't think about it that way. Uh, that's the first step. The second step is to recognize your strengths. And, uh, you know, one of the things we do is this, um, again, I said, I borrowed things from business, this strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, the SWOT analysis is a really useful tool for understanding what is. And again, I know you're big into strengths and the Clifton Strengths method and all of that. That's going into it a lot more deeply. This is a very surface look, but even a surface look can be really, really revealing. Not trying to do everything. A business person doesn't do everything. A business person does what they do best and, you know, then has tools or people who can do the the things that they're not good at. And authors can really resist getting that help. You know, we are, and especially indie authors, we're very independent minded and we like to control things and we like to know how things are going to be. And the whole process of getting help and assistance and uh, can be a big hurdle for people to, to cross. But I would say that until you've got some sort of a team in place, obviously you need a team for your editing and your design and various other parts of the book production process. I'm talking about people who help with the manager tasks or the marketing tasks that you can't do. So there are so many authors who can't get the newsletter across the line. That was that was me. I had to have somebody, you know, to literally hold my hand through that process um, and make sure it happens. And uh, those kinds of weaknesses, sometimes you know why you have them. Sometimes you don't. Why Why can't I do that? So many times I've done without assistance on it because I say, come on, of course you can do that. But actually I can't. And if you find yourself repeatedly kind of fall, falling at a, a hurdle that you feel is essential, is necessary, you need to look really closely at it and decide, is it actually necessary? Or is it something that everybody thinks I should do? Is it actually necessary for my kind of publishing? So another thing we do is we talk about the different kinds of publishers. 
value publisher, a, an engagement publisher or a craft publisher and how they differ from each other and how they overlap and different ones need different things. But, you know, you look at something, if you're having a difficulty get, making it happen, does it really need to happen? If it really does need to happen and you're not able to make it happen, then for heaven's sake, get the assistance to make it happen and you go off and do what you're good at. Don't just stay there. And but keep that goal of selling books or selling some other products that will um allow you to to hire that assistance. And I suppose that's the other thing I would say about how to be a better publisher in, in 24. I think writers are beginning to tap into you know their value to readers in a way that has never happened before because of the indie movement. People are beginning to understand that I can repurpose my words and turn my words into different kinds of products that are not just books. And this isn't, again, for every writer, you know, if if every indie author, if your model is a volume publishing model and you just want to write books, that is one model. But, but more and more, we're seeing writers understanding that there are other models and that they can create other products and that they can do things that bring in more income that allows them to to build a business in a different way and that looks quite different so that every every author business is is more and more unique and looks more and more different and you you never really know there's so many different ways now that you can actually package what you do as an author or some ancillary things around that and uh, take it to readers and that is an amazing segue because you are producing a different iteration and product, aren't you, through a crowdfunder? So would you would you like to tell everyone a little bit about what you're doing? Yeah, so um, I did a crowdfunder way back, you know, at the start of the indie. I think it was 2014 or oh, it was 2015. Uh, yeah, because it was for that anniversary. Yeah. Um, I did a crowdfunder way back then and I really enjoyed the process and um, I loved how, you know, you just felt your readers very close to you and very supportive and, you know, getting you the people who really liked what you do surfaced and you actually got to know them and, and so on. I really, I really liked that. I also like the way it gave you, gave me a push, you know, it made me do things. You had to, if you've got a crowdfunder coming up. You have to actually let everybody know about it or you're just going to fall flat your face. You're not going to actually reach, reach your target. So, yeah, uh, for these planners, I have actually um, put together a Kickstarter and there's going to be various different rewards. So I have like the give it a try pack. See, is it right for you? Which is just a, a digital pack um, and with a small amount in it. But. One of the things that's been going on for over the last while is that um, people have been asking me for spiral bound planners because I only had them available as paperback or um, I've only ever done them as POD paperback or hardback and black and white and color. So they, they were the options. But now um, spiral bound is here and the there will be a special spiral bound package with a sort of a poem about writing and you know, nice, go create a pen and all that kind of thing. And uh, various other kind of support, resource supports um, and accountability program and um, workshops and yeah, all in different, in different packages. 
So the reason for doing it is is um, multifold. I've gone into over the last year and a half or so much more on direct selling and I really like it. It really suits my way of doing things. Um, maker, manager and marketeer are all much happier than um, before. And so it's, well, it's direct first. I'm still selling on, on Amazon and other platforms, but they are very much secondary. They're very much about bringing in new readers rather than how the money comes through. So yeah, crowdfunding is very much the logical extension if you are selling direct because you need to do a campaign and Kickstarter is actually an excellent campaign for, or sorry, an excellent platform for authors to show what they do and get new readers and, you know, take it out into the world. So yeah, I'm doing one now for the planners, which will, is launching in November on the 5th of November and uh, will run to the 20th of November. And then in July of next year, I'm going to do a fiction one for all of the fiction work that I was talking about at the beginning of the, the show that I've been working on really hard. I, I just want to do something. I'm going to do, yeah, something physical and get people together into a room. I don't know uh, what exactly yet, but I'm really looking forward to that. It's, I find it all, it's back to that whole thing of, is it energizing you? Is it actually making you feel alive? And it is. Um, I'm really, really enjoying it. Oh, I absolutely love that. Um, I, yeah, I maybe I'll talk to you offline about some physical plans that I have for next year. Um, but this is the Rebel Author Podcast. So tell everyone about a time you unleashed your inner rebel. Oh, crikey, I forgot about this question. Yeah. <laughs> everyone does. <laughs> okay, it doesn't have to be writing related or can no. it be anything? Well, the time I did, I, I probably did. I just tell you this one when I spoke last time. I can't remember. Um, well, sixteen years old, climbing over my boarding school wall to go to um, a dance, as we used to call it, down the road. For that too, yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I ended up being expelled from school and big drama. You got expelled! Oh yeah, my god! Just yeah, climbing were, over the wall. They're very strict in those days, as my mother superior said. This is the final straw. <laughs> so my inner rebel had been released a few times before yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, tell everyone where they can find out more about you, your books, the Kickstarter, anything else that you'd like to add. Yeah, so the Kickstarter is on selfpublishingadvice.org forward slash planners24. Selfpublishingadvice.org planners24. And um, I'm Ornaross at ornaross.com amazing well i'll make sure all of those links are in the show notes and uh thank you for your time today and thank you sasha thanks for having me on so welcome and of course thank you to all of the show's listeners and all of the show's patrons if you would like to get early access to all of the episodes then you can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash sasha black i'm sasha black you are listening to Orna ross and this was the rebel author podcast this week I will be joined by Laura Bates and we'll be talking all about feminist fantasy. So join me next week for that. Don't forget to tune in and subscribe on your podcatcher. And when you have a moment, please leave a review.